Welcome in, welcome back to a The Times Are Changing in College Football edition of the Always Irish Show. Thank you, as always, for joining me. You can find this show conveniently located on the popular website known as YouTube. Hit subscribe if you haven't already. Click the notifications button. Give the video a thumbs up if you approve of the content afterwards. I would appreciate that. Twitter, search Always Irish or at JKZND4. Emails, alwaysirishnd at gmail.com. Audio only, anywhere you want me, you could get me. Merchandise link below in the description. So, this topic isn't exactly new. It's something I and many other Notre Dame people have been talking more about, as well as college football as a whole, okay? Um, The times are changing. And some of the biggest factors are the evolution of what the transfer portal has become and the fact that not only is there a transfer portal, but you no longer have to sit out a year if you transfer. So one time, these kids can up and leave the school they're at, jump to another one, and play right away. This is changing things a lot. And we're all aware of that. We're not blind to it. Notre Dame's doing a pretty darn good job of utilizing the transfer portal, and they're getting a little better at it as the years go on. Um, But there are some really interesting things about it that are changing the way these coaches have to coach, have to recruit, have to re-recruit. It's a little tricky, and some of these coaches are struggling with certain adjustments that need to be made in this new era of college football free agency, if you will, which is essentially what this is. Okay, so Dennis Dodd, longtime college football writer. He's with CBS now, and he put out an article about college coaches essentially being general managers now with the portal and the one-time free transfer rule. And and the article highlighted the positives and negatives of uh, of this new way of doing business in college football. And and it's hard to generalize because a lot of this is school-specific. If you're at a brand-name top-level school, you're going to utilize and look at this portal situation a lot differently than if you're a non-Power 5 school um, who doesn't have the recruiting power of some of these bigger institutions. Okay, So I just want to hit over... Some of the points that I think are really relevant uh, overall and for Notre Dame. Okay, so in this article, the quote is, forget recruiting, re-recruiting and roster management is what's keeping coaches up all night now. Used to just be recruiting. You just have to worry about getting them in, in the door on the front end out of high school. And then you know they are yours, all yours. They didn't really have many options if they wanted to play football, okay? Honor your commitment. Times 
are changing. Kids have more power than they ever did before. That trend is not going to slow down anytime soon. And the extension that proves this is not only can they do the one-time free transfer now, but the national uh, image and likeness laws are changing to where they're going to be able to benefit financially for all the appearances, video games, commercials, whatever, whatever it is, autograph sessions, all that. So there's no doubt that the sport is becoming more player centric and getting away from the old king on the top of the castle that dictates everything in these head coaches. Coaches are having a hard time adjusting to this lack of overall unilateral power and control that they've had the last hundred years in college football. Okay, so let's go over some of the deets, shall we? Average team, the average team out of uh, college football loses around 11 players to the portal per year. Coincidentally, since the new year, Notre Dame has had exactly 11 players enter the portal. So Notre Dame's right on par with that average number overall for every team in the country. Now, Is that a little surprising to me? Honestly, maybe. And the reason I'm saying that is the kids Notre Dame get to commit to them usually are a little different than the group of kids that commit to some of the other schools with less academic restrictions and and all that. Notre Dame kids usually buy into the idea and the concept and the ideals and values that are specific to Notre Dame and their families, and that's a big part of the reason they choose Notre Dame when they have other options that, quite frankly, would be less stressful for them in the classroom, better social environments, better weather, whatever those reasons are, good players choose other places. So I would ideally like Notre Dame's number to be a little lower Because these kids are buying into the Notre Dame idea and even if things don't work out for them right away, that they stick it out and stay a little longer. That does not seem to be the case. Okay, I would hope it was. Would honestly think it is, but we're right in line on the exact national average of players entering the portal leaving the program. Right on average, 11, okay? It's just a more friendly player environment where they have more power than ever this is all changing. Player coaches are struggling to navigate it. How this affects each team is very different. For instance, a non they had, they had interviews with some of these coaches for non power five or non just powerhouse teams in general. The coaches are getting mad because they might find a hidden gem that none of the big power five schools wanted. But these coaches saw something in the kid, get him into their program. He develops into being a very good player. Next thing you know, all the big boys are calling that kid saying, buddy, you're really good. Do you want to play at North Texas Southern or something? Or do you want to come play for Texas? Right? So these lower level coaches, not lower level, but at schools that are not powerhouses, getting all the media attention, all that stuff, okay, non-Power 5, 
they're getting frustrated frustrated because they're finding good players. Nobody else, none of the big boys want him. Developing them in, into great players or good players, and they're getting stolen. Stolen by the big boys once they're finally really good. The big boys are going, well, we want you. You don't want to be down at this lower level. Come play for us. They could transfer once. No sitting out. Bingo, bango, they're gone. So I totally understand that frustration for these non-Power 5 coaches. It's already harder to recruit. You find a really good guy, and then everybody else wants him. So I get that frustration at the same time. Some of that's just the natural food chain of college football. If there's a really good player, this is allowed now. Top-level schools are going to be calling, snatching your guys. Okay, from these smaller, lower-level programs without as much fanfare, TV time, media attention, whatever. Okay, So the big power fives are going to the portal just for your depth. You got a few guys that are injured and out for the year, and then you're going to need this. Or you have a position group where it just really hasn't worked out in traditional recruiting. And you're low on your numbers and you need to make sure you have a certain amount of corners. You go to the portal and it's a it's a safety net. It's a safety net. It used to be if you don't recruit them out of high school, then you're not getting them. You're screwed. Now there's a little more flexibility here to be able to fill some of your needs with depth through this portal. So. Let's talk about this when it comes to Notre Dame specifically. I've already called last year for a full-time portal general manager for Notre Dame. I do not believe Brian Kelly has time to do this himself. I think this is a full-time position. There's 2,500 names in the portal now of players who do not have a home do not have an official scholarship. 2,500. I think this is a full-time position, and I do not think Kelly has the time to be the one to do it. I want a full-time portal general manager for Notre Dame who then reports to Kelly about guys they're interested in, guys that are interested in us, looking at our needs, comparing that to what's available in the portal, all that kind of stuff. This is a full-time job if it's done correctly, in my opinion. In my opinion. There is a whole new, brand new, modern wave of recruiting going on. And it's portal recruiting. That is entirely different than recruiting a kid out of high school. Portal recruiting's unique and different. I need Notre Dame to have a full-time guy on this all the time. Phil Kelly in on, on what's available and whatever. So I need somebody to be doing that in Notre Dame. Maybe they are and I don't know about it. But it's a full-time job in my opinion. Okay. Now, Notre Dame's doing a pretty decent job of it. I mean, I know Cone's situation's a little different since he's a very high-level senior, extraclassman, you know, whatever they want to call that, that free grad transfer year. But there, it would have been out of my mind years ago to imagine 
something like Jack Cohn starting for Notre Dame. Like, just to wrap your mind around how far we've come. Ten years ago, I could never imagine the switch would be flipped that quick and the guy was wearing Wisconsin uniform and poof, now he's a Notre Dame guy out of nowhere. So I'm still adjusting to the immediacy of this trend. It's just right away, boom, there's your guy, okay? So Notre Dame's doing a pretty decent job at identifying some people through the portal and utilizing them. Not everyone has worked out great or not every guy has been the contributor that I would want them to be, but Notre Dame's done a pretty decent job. But let's look a little deeper. Okay, so on the plus side, you obviously have flexibility outside of regular recruiting to fill out your roster when unexpected things happen. Injuries, guys just not working out, failure to recruit appropriately at certain positions, which has happened to Notre Dame recently, where the numbers are off in guys in certain position groups, okay? Now, that's a plus. On the downside of this portal-specific situation, Notre Dame is really hard to get into. That also means it's hard to transfer into, okay? So we all know that with regular recruiting, we always talk about the academic restrictions and how that comes into play. The same thing applies with transfers. Not everybody's credits are going to transfer over and equal and have that all line up to where they could come right into Notre Dame. So that is something that does make it a little harder. Notre Dame's swimming in a smaller pool in the portal, just like in regular recruiting, okay? So that's one thing to look at. There is more flexibility, but it isn't just a free-for-all where you just take anybody. The academic side still applies, and sometimes that can get very complicated when a kid started college somewhere, do those credits, line up, cross over, all that stuff, okay? So, but let's talk about coaches in college football. This is where... I think the biggest struggle is happening right now. The history of college football are these coaches that are emperors, run everything, and you have no choice but to get with the program once you sign your letter of intent or you're out. You could quit football. You could sit out a year if you really hate it there that much and want to transfer or you have an issue. Things are changing. Here's what I want to go over. Discipline. Think about discipline. Now, if a kid doesn't like what you do or you put them in your doghouse, they don't have to sit around for it. They could just say, I'm not doing this. I'm out of here and I'm going to go play somewhere else. That changes the calculus with these coaches how hard you could press, how hard you're going to discipline a kid. Because at any time, they could just up and leave you now and go play somewhere else right away. That's a big shift and change from the way it's always, always been. So discipline's one thing. Let's talk about waiting to play. 
developing, waiting your turn to get a chance to see the field for meaningful snaps. Again, a kid gets into your school. He thinks he should be getting snaps. You have him second or third string. He doesn't have to sit around and wait it out and prove himself. He can up and be gone. Players have more power now than they've ever had before, and it's not going to slow down. It's not going to slow down. In these two ways that I'm talking about, and I'm sure you guys can kind of connect the dots in your mind how I'm connecting Notre Dame into these two areas, discipline and waiting your turn to play, okay? Kids don't have to do either anymore. You discipline them, they don't like it, they're out. They think they should be playing, you're not playing them, they're out. That changes the calculus of how these head coaches have to approach all this. Players have the leverage now in a way they never did before. So these coaches now have to calculate, how do you keep these kids happy? The the coaches are kind of backed into a corner. Now, you might be saying, John, I'm old school. The hell with that. What happened to waiting your turn to crack the lineup and uh, waiting to play and taking your punishment if you get in trouble for something? Like, I get that old school mentality some people might want to have, but it doesn't matter. You have to adjust with what is happening. That's a big deal. How do you keep these kids happy now so they don't just jump on you whenever something happens they don't like? That's a real issue. RKGs would help. By RKGs in this regard, I mean Notre Dame kids. Kids that are buying into the whole Notre Dame program university mission. It's not just about the football piece. You hope Notre Dame's getting a lot of those guys and they're willing to go for the ride at Notre Dame because it's Notre Dame and they want to be there overall. It isn't just about how many snaps they get. But the big picture, four for 40 overall benefits in Notre Dame. Okay? But I think these coaches have to have more openness with playing time, opportunities, That kind of stuff. You might not like that, but the risk of not doing this is kids are not willing to wait around. They're out, and they're going to go play somewhere else right away. So coaches are now getting backed into a corner where they have to cater to these kids in a way they never did before. Some of the coaches in this article were talking about borderline feeling like they're hostages by these kids and you got to kind of placate them and do enough to keep them happy because you're always worried they're just going to up and leave if you upset them or they're not getting their way again do I love all this dynamic not necessarily but it doesn't matter what I like it is what it is it is what it is You could sit there and say, old school, get in there, you know, wait your turn, and that's how it goes. That teaches you life lessons and all that. 
I understand it. It's just not how it is anymore. I understand that idea. It's just changed. And you can't be the only outlier. You're going to lose all your guys. Okay? So, is this all good and bad? I don't know. But the reality is these coaches have to think about this stuff totally differently than they used to because kids are not willing to sit around. It, it does rub me a little bit the wrong way. Every, that It's like society. Everybody wants everything now, 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 me, 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 free, free, free. I see it at work every day. Now, 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 me, 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 free, free, free. That's what I see society turning into. This is a microcosm extension of that. And I kind of like it. I kind of don't, but it's reality. Add in the image and likeness stuff where they could get paid and all this. The power shifting to the players. The power is shifting to the players. And everybody has to adapt or you're going to be left in the dust. But the biggest piece for Notre Dame and Kelly, when I'm thinking about this and our guys we've lost in this transfer situation, how you discipline them, how you handle depth chart and playing time opportunities and when guys get them, those are two really key pieces to monitor And ask yourself, is Kelly adapting enough in this new environment to be able to operate there without these kids all leaving if they don't get their way right away? I understand it's got to be really hard for these coaches. You can't just bend over backwards and get ran over by the players. At the same time, if they're not getting a chance, they don't feel like it's fair, they don't want to deal with your ticky-tack rules, they're out. So this is a whole new world these coaches have to navigate through and figure out how to operate in this new dynamic to maximize it for their program's benefit. And again, every school's in a unique situation of pluses and minuses with this whole process. Smaller schools versus the best schools, all that. But one thing's for sure. You got to adapt or you're getting left behind. So I thought this topic was a little bit interesting because there's some direct Notre Dame tie-ins. I need a portal general manager for Notre Dame that's monitoring this every day because this is the trend. We need to be right in the mix, okay? Now, while we are on the topic conversation of changing times, some Notre Dame news came out this week that I think threw some people off. And I don't know how I feel about it. Notre Dame is going to all only digital tickets moving forward. Cue your John get off my lawn memes and gifts and everything else. So let's think about this. Here's number one. A lot of Notre Dame fans collect their old ticket stubs. I can't tell you how many people I know that have a poster board in their house 
And all it is are all the Notre Dame tickets up there from over the years, big games, bush push, whatever. Okay. Now, a lot of people collect those and they're going to be disappointed that they can't anymore. Now, Notre Dame did say, not initially, but at some point, they're going to provide you some sort of printable memorial thing showing you had the tickets so you could keep doing it. It ain't the same. Whatever they come up with for that isn't going to be the same as that old ticket stub with the perforated edge and it's wrinkled and folded from being in your wallet that day and it's aged and it has that feel that everybody likes, okay? Not going to have that. Here's number two. Number one, I can get over. Like, you're an adult. You don't need to collect pieces of paper anymore. I get it. Here's number two, though, and I'm not being sarcastic, I'm not. I know a ton of older people, season ticket holders and not, that go to Notre Dame games that do not have a smartphone. I am not being sarcastic, ageist, whatever. I know a lot of older people that go to a lot of Notre Dame games that do not have a smartphone. They're older. They went their whole life without one. They don't need one. My dad is one of those people. Early 60s, he's got a flip phone. He doesn't want people to be able to access him 24-7 on his iPhone, emails. He doesn't do emails. Sends a text once a year and it takes him forever to type it. The guy just doesn't want or need a smartphone to live his life and be happy. What do those people do now? What it, they got up? My dad has to buy a twelve hundred dollar iPhone. He's never even going to know how to use or turn on just to go to a Notre Dame game. Have you been to Notre Dame games and seen the old rich mummies that have the money at Notre Dame that come to the home games? They don't have no smartphone. So I'm simply asking, what about those people that? Do not have a smartphone. I get it. It's a modern world. More older people than ever with technology and Facebook and smartphones. I know a lot that are not. They just don't want it, don't need it. What about those people? What about those people? Here's number three. What if my phone dies while I'm at Notre Dame tailgating? I can't get in the game because I can't turn on my phone and scan the ticket or whatever. What if I lose my phone in the tailgate lot? I can't. I also can't go to the game now. Recently, Notre Dame's Wi-Fi and, and signal around and in the stadiums gotten a lot better. They've been working on that. But for years, I would have an older iPhone and try and pull data to use to tweet from a game or whatever. My phone battery drains so fast because everybody's pulling from the same thing at once. I've had my phone die at Notre Dame multiple times. I don't like this, that if that happens, I'm locked out of the game. I do not, I'm not comfortable with that. I lose my phone. Not only do I lose my phone, but I can't get in the game. I don't like that. Next, number four. Scalping, 
selling, transferring tickets? How do you do that now? What happens to all those scalpers that are out by the toll road holding up tickets? I am not very technical, but I don't understand. How do you do that now? Is scalping over? Or do you have the phone and then they give you money and then you email them the ticket real quick? I I don't understand how this is going to go. I'm just so used to those nice, thick Notre Dame physical tickets. So explain to me if you're tech savvy or if you're a ticket flipper or scalper or whatever. How is this going to work? How is this going to work for scalping, selling, and transferring your tickets? I see a lot of potential logistics issues here. I know one thing that happened to one of my friends years ago. When they started offering that they would they could email you your concert tickets, you could print them off just off your printer paper. And then you enter based off that barcode, right? I've had friends buy a ticket online from somebody. They get it emailed to them with that barcode. Go to the concert get rejected because they scan the barcode and say it's already this ticket's already been used you can't go in because the seller forwarded them the ticket to print but made sure they printed it too and got into the concert before they they the buyer did and used that barcoded ticket so they got the money And then got to use the ticket. And my friend, they said, this has already been used. And they're going, how? I just bought it offline. They said, I don't know. But this barcode ID has already been entered into the concert. So I I just don't get how you're going to smooth all those issues out. I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of older people struggling to figure all this out. And I don't like it either. Technology's great. Only when it works. My iPhone dies and I can't get in the game because of it. I'm going to lose my mind. It's one more thing I have to worry about. I would have preferred a digital option, but not mandate that that's all it is. Just for my own peace of mind, I like having that piece of paper. I do not like relying on technology for these kind of things. So I, you could call me old, tell me I'm a boomer, even though I'm 25 years younger than that, whatever, whatever makes me a little uncomfortable. And I just have to adjust how I bought tickets before giving them to people. All this stuff is now changed. So figure it out. And if you're like me and you have a dad who goes there with a flip phone in his pocket, you better figure something out for him before they have a real issue. What do you guys think? Let me know. Later.